0: All right. This morning, just going to read from a few scriptures, and then we'll we will get into uh, and just we will all be in in a place, hopefully, all of us uh, in a, in a place where we can receive God's counsel uh, to us. So, but anyway, I'm going to read from three different portions here, and then we'll get into uh, being a place. I believe all of us uh, to receive what God has for us this morning. So in Matthew, the 12th chapter, Matthew chapter 12, this is what it says. In verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, O Father. I thank you, uh, O Father. That Now that I'm reading from is in Matthew, the 11th chapter. But that's good to always be thankful. But in Matthew, the 12th chapter, in verse 25, it says this. Jesus knew their thoughts. Listen to this. This is amazing. Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. Notice that? So this is clear this morning. God wants to make it clear to us this morning. The enemy of our soul is Satan who is against himself.
1: Notice that. Let's just start right with that. Okay? And if Satan casts out Satan,
0: he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I, by uh, Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. Now, again, in math, we're going to get a full understanding of this. In verse 28, it says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or how else can one enter into a strong man's house, and spoil his good, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. This is a picture of what Jesus Christ has accomplished on Calvary. This is an absolute picture of what he's done. And this is the work in John 19, verse 30, based upon John 4 and verse 34, uh, Jesus meet his very sustenance was to do the will of the Father and to finish the work. And again, that's brought out in prophecy in Psalm 47 and 8. So, But here, that's what this is bringing out. He has done all of that on Calvary. We see that in 1 John 3 and verse 8. This is, this is what we know. The Son of God was manifested in 1 John 3, 8, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, Keep in mind, And I want to keep it in mind with you this morning as God brought his counsel to me that remember now, Satan is an enemy and he is against himself. (laughs) Notice that. Okay. So again, he then, he that is not with me is what? Against me. And he that gathers not, being a gatherer, because we've been gathered, scatters abroad. Okay? Then in Mark, the third chapter, when we go into the synoptics, the synoptic gospels, they're all beautifully tied together and they give a full thought of what God is, is speaking through the Holy Spirit. And it's not that in different places it seems like they're different from each other. We're just getting God's full thought. But of course, in a mind that's against God, we, we make them that they don't even make sense and seem like when, when they're separated from each other, these scriptures, they don't make any sense. You see, there's anything in us that gets separated from Christ who's the full thought of God, the very word. None of it makes any sense whatsoever. It doesn't. Now here's in Mark. The third chapter in verse 23, it says, And he called them, he called them unto him. He called them. This is what God's doing with us this morning. Thank God. He's calling us to himself. Now, when he does that, that's Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking away from all that would distract. So God's calling us to get us away from these thoughts that are distracting us and keeping us experientially as those that are in Christ, separated from Him. And when we're separated from Him, the enemy who is against himself causes us to be against ourselves. When God, in Psalm 56 and verse 9, in Romans 8 and verse 31, He is for us. He is for us. In the love of his son. He's for us. And this is what is brought out in Colossians 1 and verse 12. He's made us qualified to be children, and to walk in the light. And that qualification has to do with Christ. So either I walk in the darkness of my own thoughts, my own feelings, sooner or later we express them, even if it's not verbal. We express them non-verbally. In the countenance, in Isaiah 3, and verse, uh, verse 8 and 9, in the countenance, it, it, we come as those that are in Christ testifying uh, that the, the uh, witness that we're giving is now that <laughs> we're against ourselves because our countenance testifies. How? By what we're occupied with. What we're occupied with. And and again, God wants to make this very clear to us. Any pain that he allows in our life, he uses it to separate the flesh from the spirit. We can know that with an absolute fact. All of us, and and not that we, don't, we all don't have it, and not that we don't pray for each other, which we absolutely need to do. We, we pray for each other. But I can't pray for someone else when the enemy has me so occupied with the insanity of his own self-hatred, notice that? I wrote it down. God said, "Write it down. The enemy's insane. What makes him insane? He operates in hatred toward himself against God. He does it in a fixed state. He's fixed, but for he's fixed and and it's brought out in revelations twenty two and eleven the in, in the angelic realm when they fell. His tail drew a third of, uh, part of the stars of heaven in Revelation 12 and verse 4. That was the fix, their fixedness. Their unchangeableness. But in Psalm 108 verse 1 and in, uh, in Psalm 57 and verse 7, our heart, our mind is fixed. It's either fixed on Christ, we're going to see this this morning, through a yoke, our will submitted to Christ, or we're going to function in the yoke of bondage, which is the flesh that's in us in Romans 8 9, but that we're not up. That yoke of bondage is in Galatians 5 and verse 1. And what is a yoke of bondage that he wants the Christian to function in? Function in his insanity of his self-hatred to, for you, to hate yourself when God is for you positionally, but he wants that to be your experience. This very key. Now, Mark 3, verse 23. He called them unto him. This is what God's doing to us this morning. He's calling us unto him. And he, and he said, how can Satan cast out Satan? How? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom can't stand. You see, the enemy doesn't, he can't change our position. 1 John 5, verse 18. The wicked one touches us not. That speaks of our eternal life. It's untouchable. That life is who Christ is, what he's accomplished in propitiation to his father. For us as a substitute, whereby positionally we've been reconciled. And he is that eternal life in 1 John 5 and verse 11. And that's how we know our father in John chapter 17 in those first five verses there. And follow it all the way through to the 26th verse. In John the 17th chapter. So here we see a a kingdom that's divided against itself cannot stand. And if a house be divided against this house, against itself, oh boy. Listen, whose house are we? Each of us are his dwelling place, his tabernacle. That's what Colossians 3 and verse 16 brings out. Let the word of Christ... Dwell in you. And the word dwell there is oikidomio and it means find a home in you where he can dwell and you can dwell with him. And in that place, you are now yoked up to him experientially, because you are positionally, and not up to the flesh, where the enemy, who's the insane one against himself, seeks to function in the flesh and through the flesh experientially. So now we make everything about ourselves. We come into a place, and everything is about ourselves.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, honestly, and I and I understand physical pain. We all have it, but I think a lot of it is is psychosomatic. I do. Uh, I God's proven it to me. Psycho, Suki, soul, soul cleaving to the body. Yeah. So making so much, this, more than Christ has a a negative effect on us. And then we bring that in. Why? Well, because if I have bad thoughts and I'm overwhelmed about myself, well, is that corrupt communication in Ephesians 4 and verse 29? Yeah, let no corrupt communication. What is that? No thought life. But you see, without a yoke and without being separated experientially, then all we function in is the flesh and we make every single thing about the flesh. When God hasn't dealt with something with me, I, I'm going to make someone, uh, to make them to be the one that has to deal with it. With, and I'll share my, listen, here it is, I'll share my suspicion. Is there any suspicion in God's love? Nope. And then I'll share my irritation. And is there any irritation in grace? Absolutely not. Now, again, if a house be divided against itself. You and I are the house of God. Where's Tabernacle? Where he dwells? Again, that's Colossians 3 and verse 16. He's the treasure in the vessel in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. Well, Well, what does the enemy want me to do? He wants me, in my experience, through not being yoked up to Christ, Walking by faith, not by sight, feelings. Hebrews 11 verse one, Second uh, Corinthians 5 verse 7, we walk by faith, not by our feelings. We don't walk by how we feel. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. We don't,
1: uh, do we walk by that? Well, the enemy wants us in our
0: experience to experience his self-hatred against us. That's what he wants. You know why? Because we literally, in the flesh, experientially, there's absolutely no control. We have, literally. Who's a master of himself? Is Satan? No, I mean, think about it. Is Satan a master of himself? No. He fun- The Bible's saying it right here. He He functions in self-hatred. And then that self-hatred against God. Now that's, they're in a fixed state. They're unchangeable. You and I, we need this constant preaching and teaching to be separated in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. That's what it means. He separates the soul from the spirit. So, self-occupied. Then I come and I am so overwhelmed with everything about me. And I am telling you honestly, I know this myself. When I, we all experience and measure physical pain. Everybody does. But you know what will accentuate it? Thoughts about ourselves, even in ignorance, it accentuates pain. That's what it does. That's exactly what it does. There's no question about that. Now listen here. And I'm listening with you. Now, verse 26 of of Mark 3. And if Satan rise up against himself, (laughs) when did that happen? Well, that happened in Isaiah 14, 7 to to, uh, 18. That happened in Ezekiel 28, verse 15,
1: right down to the end. That was in eternity. If Satan rise up against
0: himself and be divided. What's that mean? Separated from God. You see, there's a third of the stars of heaven that, that now are in a fixed state,
1: unchangeable against God. Unchangeable. Unchangeable. If Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand. Oh, but this is good
0: for us, but has an end. Oh boy, there's an end for us. It's in Christ and he's working that in us. You see the enemy in his finality being against God, even after that thousand year millennial reign, where he still gets man, still so self-occupied with Satan being against himself and in him against him causes them to be against God. What causes me? I, I can do that in ignorance. You know, the thing, the thing is with me, and I had to learn this, I learned it just very, very recently, that I am not in control of myself. And in the lack of control of myself, that puts me in a place where I think I, who well, I can't even control myself, think I got to control others and get them in a place to even hear the word of God. That was part of my frustration a couple days ago. A couple of days ago. That's what happened. And what was happening then? See? We have that end positionally and he's working it into us experientially. Now this is is Luke. And we're going to turn to Luke, the 12th chapter. I like that name. (laughs) I like that
1: name. I like it. Okay, Luke chapter twelve, or is it eleven? Which one is it? Can you guys tell me? <laughs>
0: it's in Luke eleven. All right, here's Luke the eleventh chapter, And verse seventeen. Now listen to what this is saying. Listen, and I'm when I say that I'm saying to myself with you. Let's let let's listen and listen. In the sevenfold hearing, where the Holy Spirit wants to take the things of Christ and says to us, His church, individuals first, so that we function in oneness in Ephesians 4 4 through 6. He says it in those seven places in Revelation chapter 2, 7, 11, uh, in chapter 7, 11, 17, and 29. He says it in Revelation 3, 6, 13, and 22. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Us. And he speaks to us individually. Look, he is the only one that can speak to us individually. And he does that. Now, it's in Luke 11:17. 17. It says, but he, knowing their thoughts. Notice that? Their thoughts, which weren't his one thought towards them. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. We are his house. We're not our own. We're owned by him. He is our dwelling pay, place, our proper dwelling place. When Christ is my proper dwelling, dwelling place because he owns me, I don't own myself in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, then he finds a place to be at home in me. And this is Colossians 3 and verse 16. He finds a home in me. Yeah. now, That house falls. It falls. Where do we fall? Do we fall in Christ positionally? No. Can we fall outside of Christ experientially? Yes. Where? That's the flesh. And then what happens? I'm against myself, and then I'm going to be against everyone else. And in my insanity, not in control of myself, thinking I can control a group of people. I can't even do it myself. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, if Satan also be divided against himself, this is Luke eleven eighteen. 18, how will his kingdom stand? Because
1: you say, I cast out demons through Beelzebub. And if I, by Beelzebub,
0: cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore. Will they be your judges? But I, with the finger of God, cast out demons. No doubt, but if I, but the kingdom of God, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. Now, when a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. The goods that are in peace that are ours in Christ because he is our peace in Ephesians 2 and verse 14, that peace that he's given us through the cross in Colossians 1 In verse 20. See, we have peace when we're separated experientially from the flesh. Everything's about me. Wow. And I want everybody to know it. What I'm involved with eternally, what I'm involved with is going to come out, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. Very interesting for any of us. That occupation, occupation, self, flesh that we're, that's in us that we're not of Romans eight nine is corrupt communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's nonverbal too. Sends a message. Hey everyone, see this is me. I want you to know. Look, this is how I feel. I want you to know it. Do you see it? See me? <laughs> no. Let's all look away. From that, that distracts unto Jesus in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. But there's got to be a separation. And this is where God has called us this morning to separate us. Separate me from it instantly. And you let me know instantly. Am I? Yeah, okay. I know where that came from. Sure as heck didn't come from God. Now when that happens, something
1: else has to happen. When it involves other believers. And we'll see that this morning. So, now when a strong man on keeps his palace, his goods are, are in peace.
0: Who keeps us in 1 Peter 1.5? 1, we're kept by the power of God. Who is the power of God? It's 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I am saying this. I can't say it enough. I didn't think of it this morning. It wasn't a part of the counsel that God had given me, but he wants me to speak it out right now. More pain, physical pain, is caused by bad thinking than we could ever even be aware of. That's why it's called psychosomatic. The soul, self-conscious thoughts, continuously affecting the physical body. Then the enemy comes in with a lie and says, now you need all these drugs and you need all these things because it'll take care of this one area in your life, but you'll have 8, 10, 12 side effects also. There's healing, but it comes from the Word in Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent His Word, and He healed them. And He delivered them from all their destructions. Plural. And plural there is all that self-hatred. Those self-hating thoughts when we're not in control of ourselves. And God can heal, and He can do it. He can. He can do it. But there is pain, and what we may even think is bad pain, (laughs) really, no, it's called growth. It's called growth. And in that sense, we need that. Because God would never allow it in our lives. You never have to ask God, why? You can stop, and I can stop with you asking God, why? Why, why, why? I'll tell you why. Because if you're the dot. And God has encircled himself around you. You mean to tell me that God would allow, would, would allow evil? Absolutely not. We need that. Because he's revealing to us the, even the pride of ignorance and thoughts. That, we're, that when we are unaware, and he wants us to be aware. So when a strong man armed keeps his palace, are we his palace? Are we his place? His goods are in peace. What is that? That's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. self-control under the control of God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does that do? God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. Oh, you're never going to get better. This is the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's not God's way. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a well-disciplined mind. Seriously, how we think affects our physical body more than
1: anything we could ever even be aware of. Truth. And he heals us by the word.
0: And then, if there is pain, I recognize it. It's for my good. Because it involves Christ in me. And I stop with the questions. And I stop with self-occupation. You know, self-occupation, what is it? The equal of self-hatred. It's insane. The enemy, I wrote it down and and I'll show you. I can even show you in Bibles where I, I just, I had these two Bibles this morning, literally. I don't know. And God was just taking me right through. And I started, and I had a, I had a nice new Bible. Geez, I didn't know if I wanted to write it. I was writing all over that thing because I didn't want to lose a thought. I wanted to keep that thing pristine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Make it another dust collector <laughs> in its beauty. <laughs> and, not, and not allow the Holy Spirit to use it. Now, that's what it says there. And that's what it is. It's that. But when a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are safe. They're kept in peace. But when a stronger than he will come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor where, in what he trusted. You know, there's so many areas where we trust our flesh, where we don't need to rely on God. I want something from you, God, because if you give me this, then I'll be in control. Really, never happened. Never going to happen. And God won't let it happen because, again, in Isaiah 42 and verse 8, he will refuse to share the glory of his son with the flesh. He will refuse it. He will refuse it. And by the way, anything that we go through and any source of pain, is not just for me. Number one, it's for God's glory. It's for my blessing, but for the blessing of all others too, by the way. The blessing of all others. <laughs> And then, and God even uses. He'll even use pain with us. He will. He'll even use pain. Why? He'll, he'll use that to esteem others better than ourselves. Philippians two three. Why? Because because without that pain, I'm going to continue thinking on my own things. In Philippians two and verse four. And then, if I do that, and that's living in self hatred. No wonder lust is insatiable. What's that? I'm going to continue to live in self-hatred and I'm not going to be able to do a thing about it experientially, but Christ has already
1: dealt with it. Man. Yeah, we need to get together more. And I'll tell you, we need to get
0: together more and go places. And I'll tell you where we need to go. It's right here in the word called fellowship. That's what we need more than anything else. And to have it with each other. But if I live in self-hatred, the enemy causing, here I am in Christ, but I live in self-hatred, what kind, what kind of fellowship is that going to be? I'm going to, that's a kingdom that's divided. The enemy and his insane
1: self-hatred. Self-hatred through refusal to submit his will
0: when he did. I don't know how long it was going on in Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, In verse 15, but it says he was perfect in all his ways and his perfection was his submission and obedience to to the pre-incarnate Christ, his creator. Yeah. He was complete. That's what it means. He was complete in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. And what is iniquity? I'll tell you, I got a new definition for it. It's the insanity of self-hatred. I never heard that before and I'm sure God has brought it in others and not, we're not the only ones but I never heard it before and, uh, but we see this but when a stronger than he will come and overcome him are we more than, are we more than conquerors in Christ in Romans 8.37 are we? we are we're more than conquerors because we've been conquered and that goes into Colossians of the second chapter. You can even start in verse 1 and verse 2. That Greek word, sumbi bazuo, and literally, we're knit with him. Positionally, he wants it experientially, so you follow it all the way down to 212, 213, 214, 215, you're going to see it. We have been captured by love. The enemy wants to recapture us in in our experience, because he can't touch our eternal life, our position. He wants to recapture us and say, see, if you do these things and buy these things and go here, these things will make you feel good. No, no, because what is lust? Lust literally is constant self-hatred. You can't do anything about it. He, He is the father of all lies in John 8, verse 44. He's a murderer. He he can't change our position. He wants to murder our experience. Getting us so, look, getting us so occupied with ourselves. Oh, my God. You know, that starts long before we come together. (laughs) Lord, bring Christ as much as we can. Let's, Let's bring Christ. And that takes a yoke and a submission of a will. That's why we need yokes. We'll see that this morning. That is exactly why we need yokes. See? So when a stronger than he will come and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divides his spoils. Oh, boy. The things that we trust in in the flesh, ignorantly or stubbornly are prideful in First Samuel 15, verse 23. That's why we need to be obedient in First Samuel 15:22. God is not interested in what we think we can give Him. He's interested in obedience. That obedience, we'll see, is, is going to be brought out this morning in Second Corinthians the 10th chapter, verses four through six. So all those areas where, where we didn't have to trust Him,
1: where we lived in self-hatred, He spoiled all that he spoiled all that. In verse
0: 23 we see this in Matthew 12:30 also. He that is not with me is what? against me. How listen, how do I function experientially against God who loves me? Self-hatred when God loves us. And then in that self-hatred start to accuse God and accuse others. Cuz who's an accuser of the brethren? You know where that starts? It starts individually with us. So if he can deceive me in Revelations 12.9, then he can accuse me in Revelations 12.10. And does the accusation stop if it's not been dealt with? No. I pass it on. What am I passing on? I'm teaching others <laughs> self-hatred. I may think I'm giving them the word, but I'll tell you what I'm passing on is what, what I got from the enemy. Very serious stuff. Very serious, serious business. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not scatters. He's so scattered. The enemy so wants to scatter us in our minds. Listen, You look it. Don't, don't believe me. Believe the medical scientific field, of course, of God, where over 90% of illnesses is psychosomatic. Convincing you you need something other than Christ. Here's a drug. And I believe that the multitudes have drugs and, and to all these other side effects that add pain. I believe it with all my heart. It's psychosomatic, meaning the soul is cleaving to the dust. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 25, 50, uh, 154, 107. Uh, Quicken me according to your word, Lord, please. Not a drug.
1: Not running here and there and everywhere.
0: No. He sent his word. And he healed them. And he delivered them from all their destructions. And that's even the side effects that you get from the drugs. Again, things I'm saying this morning, did not rehearse, did not know at all. At all. They they didn't enter my mind this morning, very early. But a lot did, hopefully. (laughs) and separating, sanctifying growth process of separating continually in me, that flesh. And when we do get affected by another's flesh in the body of Christ, when we do, then we can still live in the healing of forgiveness. Love can still flow. It can still flow. But when the enemy, in in the pride of ignorance and self-hatred manifesting it through the flesh, and when it affects another, then the then the, the enemy comes in and doesn't want oh, to bring in a lack of forgiveness. <laughs> so love doesn't flow. You see how his plan is? I see it. I see how his plan is. So then we, we begin to be separated. I don't know about you, but listen, and I and God brought this in. And it doesn't mean that God has given any of, me, any of us, he hasn't given me an excuse for the flesh. There's no excuse for it. It's in, in John uh, chapter uh, 15 and verse 22, there's no excuse for the flesh. I simply, he's given me confession in 1 John 1, 9. Then we just confess it. But I, know, I don't know about you, but the next time that woman that you call your wife, that you love, when you fail When she somehow failed you, you better hold her accountable and not forgive her. Yeah. You better not have anything you can't receive from her anymore. (laughs) Well, because she blew it with you. Gosh. Yeah. Now, is there an excuse for it? Absolutely not. None. None whatsoever. No wonder even the apostle that... The Christ line of truth in Paul, not the Pauline truth, the Christ line truth in, through the Apostle Paul, even he had to be at the end of his life, chained to a Roman God, so he wouldn't be found in his own unrighteousness, what he called his righteousness. What is our own righteousness apart from Christ? It's self-hatred. It's
1: insanity. It's insanity, it is. It is. So when we fail each other, when
0: we fail each other, what's the answer to it? What was the answer to the guy? Yeah, the yes, the young man in First Corinthians, the fifth chapter, he needed to be dealt with and stop having sexual relations with his stepmother. But should it be held against him? No. What was the answer in 2 Corinthians 2 10 11? It was forgiveness. We don't forgive each other to live in sin. We forgive each other when we experience love and then we grow in it. And that's the grace and knowledge of God in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. And that's why we'll never come to the end of him loving us in Ephesians 3 and verse
1: 19. It gets disturbed and distracted. Oh boy, the enemy wants to use it. He wants to use it. These distractions. He does. Now, then, you know, <laughs> the, next time, the next time you fail your wife, boy, she better not trust you to ever love her again.
0: Oh, I forgive you, honey. Okay, good. But I'm not going to forgive. This. Love's not going to flow with this one.
1: <laughs> God help us.
0: Let's just be transparent and love one another. No wonder it says in Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9, two are better than one. And a threefold cord, in Ecclesiastes four nine, is not easily broken. That's Christ between the two, and boy, the enemy doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want that. See, he doesn't want it at all. Now here, here is Paul. Here's the. Here is Paul. Long before he's in Christ, in himself he's big. <laughs> Saul. Saul very very simply means big. He's big. Boy, aren't we big in the flesh, huh? Big and what? Self-hatred. The Bible made it clear. Satan is against himself. He hates himself. He lives in ha- self-hatred.
1: You don't think the enemy wants that for us, right? What keeps that out of a relationship? Forgiveness. That's right. That's what keeps it out. So the next time you, you fail your wife or she
0: fails you, you better end that, right? <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense, does it?
1: it? Doesn't make a lick of sense. Here's Here he is, Saul. He's big in his own self hatred.
0: Acts 9, verse 1. Now, Saul, still breathing threats and murder. <laughs> Who's the murderer from the beginning and the father of all lies in John 8, verse 44? Look at what it says. He's still breathing out. Why? Because he's breathing it in. Self-hatred. I breathe in self-hatred in the flesh. What do I breathe out? Self-occupation. Luke 19, 13. Be occupied with me till I come.
1: Murder against those
0: disciples of the Lord. You hear that? Oh, God. Never done that before. Oh, God went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, before they were Christians, they were called the way. That's what Jesus said. He was teaching his disciples in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then they had to ask, well, give us some evidence in 14, verse 8. Well, if you've seen me, he said, you've seen the Father. Did we see that? If I don't see who I am in Christ and the flesh will come in and self-hatred to divide me against that, do I have and experience a loving father? Don't. Then who's going to daddy me with his lies in John 8 verse
1: 44?
0: Oh, I can't trust that person. Yeah, I know. Honey, I can't trust you in our loving relationship. You failed me. And you know it, honey? I can't trust you. Making self, self self-hatred and insanity to be the trust. Gosh, no wonder it says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust there. In the, and, and many uh, Hebrew words, one of them is batach, and, and And that means God breaks us through the word, through the separating of the word in Hebrews 4, 12. He has to break what's attached itself to us. That's self-hatred. And when he breaks it, submission of the will, a yoke. And the flesh doesn't want those yokes and it doesn't want God's choice to bring the yoke to them. They want to do it themselves. No humility there. Because humility is who I am before God around all his people. <laughs> Meekness is who I am when I'm all alone with him. But what is He? how do I grow in others? I grow by being around others. So again, here, here is Saul They belong to the way, belonging to the way, both men and women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he was traveling, it happened that he he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Oh, boy. You know, I live in self-hatred. Then that persecution, I want to pass it on. I want to pass it on. Now listen, God forbid that we, make it, we, we need to get right with our wives. We do. Just as much as we need to get right with others. That's right. That's right. Because when I, this is me, when I don't forgive, I live in self-hatred. That's right. What keeps me from receiving his forgiveness for me? That is mine in Christ. Self-hatred. The insanity of it. The devil is insane. He, his whole life is based upon self-hatred,
1: destruction of himself and wants to destroy others. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him
0: and he fell to the ground, heard a voice saying to himself, so, so why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you? Lord. That right there, according to 1 Corinthians twelve three, he knows it's a deity. He recognizes deity. He's recognizing the voice of God. Well, whose voice was it?
1: He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. Oh, my God. Oh, how the
0: enemy wants me to live in self-hatred so I can persecute Jesus
1: and others. Ah, boy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do it in my marriage. As long as I have my marriage all set, it doesn't matter anyone else in the body, does it? It sure does. It sure
0: does. And that's intimacy. And we're to have intimacy with one another. And that intimacy is based upon a oneness. That oneness is based upon a fellowship that each of us have in our own unique way. And we become joints that supply in Ephesians four sixteen. 16. We begin to speak the truth and love to ourselves. And that's what that's what drives out lusts, And what is lust? I'm telling you, and God's telling me with you, lust is self-hatred. You need this material thing. You need that material thing. You need this
1: thing. You need that thing. You need this drug. You need that thing. You need this thing. You need that thing. He said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. But get up. Get up. You don't have to live there. Get up. Get up and enter the city and it will be told you what you must do.
0: See, we rely on each other. We do. We rely on each other what must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see
1: nothing. What is it that is about lust and self hatred? We don't see
0: his love for us. We don't experience it, and when I don't, and my irritation and suspicion, I don't. I will project it towards you. That cuts. That. What makes a marriage work? What makes a husband and wife their marriage work? It's Christ between them, the source of constant forgiveness. Well, honey. <laughs> You wouldn't believe what I heard today. Yeah, I know. Huh. Really? You want to pass it You wouldn't believe what I heard today. Huh. Let me tell you. Yeah. Proverbs 10, 12, 1 Peter 4, 8, love
1: covers. Well, huh. let me tell you what I heard. Huh. Really? That does a lot of good, right?
0: Yeah, I want to tell you that the garbage that I got and went into me I want to borrow your ear, honey, and throw up in it instead of covering it and loving one another and praying for one another. We're joints that supply. Uh, Well, I don't know about you, but when we stop loving one another, even in our marriages, when love stops flowing, boy, that's got to be it. You got to end it. They can never love you again. It can never teach you anything about love again. God forbid. Well, He does forbid it, and it's the cross that does it in Galatians 6 and verse 14.
1: Yeah. Saul so got up from the ground. His, though his eyes were open, he could see nothing.
0: And with, without love, what am I? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2 and 3. Without love, I am nothing. And what is my prophet in verse 13, in 13, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians? Nothing. Nothing but what? What's outside of his love experientially? Nothing but self hatred. Insanity. And total insanity. And you know, love covers. Love covers. You, you, you cover your wife with your intimate relationship with her, don't you? And don't I? When you go into the bedroom with her, to have an expression of love, and that's what sex in the marriage bed, in Hebrews 13, verse 4, it's an expression of love. Sex isn't love, but it's an expression of love. But when you go in there, you're covered. You don't go out and expose her to everybody. And when we fail, it doesn't become the tool for us to expose it to others, because then we make ourselves above them
1: in absolute insanity. It's insane to think anything of ourselves apart from Christ.
0: There's a lot of doctors like that. (laughs) And they were called doctors of the law. And there's only three places in scriptures where these doctors are. They're doctors of self-hatred that pass it on. They were called
1: Pharisees, Sadducees, and Essenes. Very bad. Only three places. Look it up. Look up the word doctors. Look
0: it up. And you'll see it. And there's only three places. Two of them are in Luke. One is in Acts. And you can look them up. Be a doctor of
1: self-hatred. No, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I'll get up from the ground a week. His eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the
0: hand, oh, First Peter 5, 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. That he may exalt you in due time. What's due time? The separation of the flesh and self-hatred from the love of God and the individual. They brought him in, unto Damascus and he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now, now here's this one that's going to speak to us. This is the one. The height, the height of pride is religious pride. That's the height of it. You don't need God. You do not need God. You don't, and when someone fails you, you don't need them
1: anymore. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Now, I, Paul, myself, listen to what
0: he's saying. I urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. what's he talking about? You know what he's saying? He's saying in Galatians five and verse one, my whole life, approximately 35 years of age, approximately when he met Christ on the road to Damascus in Acts 9, chapter verses one through six. My whole life I was yoked up to the
1: flesh, the him in an unsafe state. The whole time, I was yoked up. And
0: I taught. What I was given by the enemy. Self-hatred. Insanity. think I can do anything without Christ. In John 15, 1-5, is absolute insanity based upon self-hatred because God's not willing in 2 Peter 3, 9 for any to perish. Not a single one.
1: And he doesn't send anybody to hell. Now I, Paul, urge you by the meekness
0: and gentleness gentleness of Christ. What's he saying? What is he saying there? What is God saying to us? What is Paul saying to us? He's saying this. Listen, I want
1: you to listen to me. Uh, My whole life I lived in self-hatred and I taught it. I taught it. I taught it. I battled his love.
0: I refused to receive the forgiveness of it. I refused it. I battled it in ignorance. The height of religious pride. You, you can't go any higher than Paul in terms of sin. The Bible's making that clear, by the way. Religious pride. You can't get any higher than that. What was he teaching then? This is what Jesus had to teach him. And Jesus reached him. You know, he wants to reach us experientially in terms of our forgiveness for others. Because if I haven't received it, I'm not going to give it. I may choose who I am going to give it to, and my self-hatred above is and so-called self-love, what is self-love self-hatred that's what it is matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty come unto me all who are weary and heavy-laden with what self-hatred, and I will give you rest from that. take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. It's comfortable. That's what it says in the original. It's comfortable. And my burden is light. Paul is saying here, I urge you, oh, listen to me. I'm the height of the religious guy. In 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 9, I am not, there's nothing in me that would be Worthy to be called apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church. How did I do that? I was living in self-hatred from the enemy as he persecuted me and that's all I could do was pass it on. That's the flesh in us. I pass it on when I'm occupied with self. Occupied with every single thing other than Christ. I am urging you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am meek when face to face with you but bold toward you when absent and still functioning in love, by the way. Still, some call it sarcastic, but the truth of the matter, it's still love. I ask that when I'm present, I need not be bold with the confidence, which I propose to be courageous against some. Listen, this is what the enemy wants for us, even when we fail. Who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. Oh, that's the way I going to know this guy from now on. Now I got to be careful. <laughs> Huh. Well, okay. Then don't be
1: married. Don't enter into a marriage relationship with your wife. Or vice versa. Who regard us as if we walk
0: according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, these bodies, by the way, which can be the flesh in Romans 8 9, that we're not of. Although though we walk in these bodies, we do not war according to the flesh. I'm not against you. And when I'm in Christ and he's loving me, I'm loving you. I'm not living in self-hatred and passing it on. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. For the destruction of fortresses, strongholds, held strong against our will. We have to stop. But I'm telling you, I want to continue this because this is so much incredible counsel that God has given us. That's 2 Timothy 2 in verse 24 through 26. The enemy wants to cause us to oppose ourselves. How? So living in the self-insanity of his self-hatred that he wants to be our experience. And that's why we need a yoke. Without a yoke, constant submission of our will, we function in the the insanity of self-hatred. We do. We live in self-worship. No yoke. There's no experience of God's love without a yoke. That's what Paul's teaching here. The Holy Spirit through him. Destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, against his love for us. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, here's what pride is. I have to stop. I don't want to go over. But there's so much more, and I want to continue this. and, And by God's grace, I hope he has me to continue it tomorrow because there's so much more. What is pride? It is the hatred of God's manifested love. That's right. It is the hatred of God's manifested love experienced by the believer in Christ positionally through the lie of the enemy
1: to cause us now, when we fail each other, to be against each other. Whew. Thank God we can love each other. Thank God we can love each other.
0: The source of every... I wrote these down. I, I'm telling you, I could show you. I wrote them all down. I had a nice new Bible I wrote all over. I usually don't do that. It usually takes me a little more time. Who cares? The source of every suspicion and every irritation is the lust of the flesh, which is self-hatred. There is no control in those in Christ without a yoke. That's why Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, and we can put our name there. Why are you persecuting me? Ed, Ed, why are you persecuting my love in you? Where's that coming from? Self-hatred. Oh, it's so hard for you to kick against the ox, Goads. He's always constantly directing us in his love, but he can't without a yoke. What are oxen without a yoke? They're the dumbest animal you ever laid your eyes on. What are sheep without a yoke? They can't do those four things, and the enemy wants to convince them they can Thank you for your yoke this morning, Father. Thank you for this truth that, we, that you want us to get into, I believe, so much more so that he can't, he can't slaughter us. God leads us to a slaughter, but he's slaughtering the self-hatred in us through this. what he's given us this morning so that we function in his love. We're sheep. We're sheep that are led to the slaughter. Psalm forty four twenty two. Romans 8, verse 36. We're sheep that are led. As long as he leads us, he's going to slaughter in us what's not of him, his love. And we need to have that flow, not just in our marriages with our wives, but for the whole body of Christ. And Father, we thank you for this truth and that we're not to treat each other, we're to know no man after the flesh at all times. And 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Because if not, We know them after the flesh. We know them in our own self-hatred because it takes one to know one. And Father, thank you so much for your counsel and your truth this morning. And I look forward with all all others to receive so much more of your loving counsel in Jesus' name, amen.